0: Explode your to-be-read pile with the New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com newreleases new releases. That's bookriot.com newreleases new releases. Happy browsing! <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about all kinds of things related to romance novels and the people who write them. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are recording two days after Valentine's Day, Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Indeed we are. And
2: uh, we'll talk about it a little later, Jess, but we we did indeed survive Valentine's Day.
1: Yes, yes we did. And hooray for us hooray for us i kind of forgot about it i feel like the
2: last few years it has been closer to maybe like when we're recording or when we're maybe an episode is coming out because i feel like we've done like a galentine's day thing or about i literally forgot about it until day of <laughs> although i am also single so that was maybe part of it also i imagine some people at least who are not single uh might have remembered better than i did
1: I was like, I, I looked at my husband, he usually goes climbing on Tuesday, and I was like, you can go climbing if you want. And he was like, no, I figured we'd do something. And I was like, oh, okay. Aw, look at you guys. <laughs> That's nice. Being all cute. Somebody I know called it Pink Halloween, because Ooh. the day after, you go buy all of the candy. Oh,
2: 100% do I currently have a box of sea's candy that I bought myself the day after valentine's day 100% I do is it now Ooh, I want to say half gone 24 hours later <laughs> sure is <laughs> yes so happy like valentine's day to us all yeah exactly it's not my first time at the rodeo yeah uh, all right well when you are not celebrating valentine's day with your non rock climbing husband uh, <laughs> what are you reading Jess what do you got going on I
1: am currently listening to Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. It's uh, dual narrated, I think, by... Oh, yeah, by Wesley Siobhan and Jacoby Diem, who have narrated some other dual narrative stuff, dual POV stuff that I listened to before, and they are just, like, top-notch audiobook narrators. I'm pretty early in the book, but it's, it's already giving a plus kennedy ryan angst um, so yes <laughs> luckily i'm just listening to it in the car because otherwise i'd be like curling up in a ball in my house crying my eyes out
2: well sure yeah i mean do you th- do you find that it makes so i will be honest I, i'm sure i've said this before i can't listen to fiction on audiobook i mm. even the books i love the most for whatever reason only non-fiction <laughs> because i listen to podcasts hello everyone. Uh, <laughs> but I can't. So so for whatever reason, that doesn't work in my brain. Do you find that your experience listening to a book is any different than kind of
1: reading it in the traditional way? You know, it it really varies. I started out in nonfiction because A, I didn't think that I was interested in trying out non- uh, fiction in, in audio. I didn't think that I could do audiobooks and then I was stuck scrolling through pages every day at a job that had a very rote work description mm-hmm. and I realized that it kept my focus a little more so especially nonfiction fiction books like, like you were saying I engaged with it a little more than I might if I was just reading like a biography or something and mm-hmm. in fiction it depends on the narrator but I feel like when it's really well narrated, you get a little bit something extra from the story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's stuff like the way that it's written and everything. I know that I would get just as much out of it in print. And sometimes I think, oh, I might not have finished that in print. But I was I was engaged listening to it. So I, I kept going. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. I Like I said, I, I've I've never really understood why it doesn't quite work for me. So I'm always interested in other people's uh, experiences. Thank you for letting me pick
1: your your audiobook brain. Of course, if you ever want to try a short audiobook, maybe something like something you've already read before, like Alyssa Cole's The AI Who Loved Me, because that's like a multiple person cast and all of this other stuff. So it's like really like it's like listening to an audio drama instead of someone reading a book to you. So true
2: story. I got that when it was audio exclusive, listened to like yeah. the first two third, or maybe like the first third of it, and then we had to wait until it came out in
1: like <laughs> ebook
2: to actually finish it. So I feel like we had
1: this conversation when it
2: was coming out. We may have. And things have, you know, whatever it is, three or four years later, things have not changed. (laughs) The more things change, the more they stay the same. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to know that there's some consistency in the world. I am So I just picked up just very, very – so for what it's worth, I am still reading the uh, Chloe Lee series. I took a little break after the first couple of books. I'm enjoying it. I will get back to it. But what I'm actually reading just started the other day is The Fastest Way to Fall by Denise Williams. Mm -hmm. which is a book about a woman who works for a lifestyle website. She offers to do this article on um, this new fitness app that includes personal coaching. And then her personal coach, you know, may or may not be the other main character in the book. He is. (laughs) I'm not very far into it. So I'm not going to talk a ton about the plot itself. Although I've heard, I have never heard a bad thing about this book. Everyone who I know who has read this book has loved it, and if you did and, and didn't love it, <laughs> then uh, then don't say anything just because I don't want to ruin the perfect score of the fastest way to fall in my mind at this point.
1: I am. I'm just going to say, I wanted Britta to be my friend. Like Aww. that's how much I loved that book. So I think you're in good hands.
2: It's a that's a great sign. And the other thing I will say about this is that. I I would say I do probably 90% of my reading on ebooks. One of the flaws, one of the major flaws I think that exists with ebooks is that often, and I will say I tend to read on Kindle, they start at chapter 1, which mm-hmm. seems like it would make sense, right? <laughs> Obviously, that's great. However, you always miss like the dedication, you miss the cover, and in this case, I had to scroll back because I knew that there was an author's note about the way that Denise Williams sort of wrote and approached this book as a fat woman who also is really excited about fitness, but who has had to deal with a lot of bullying and different challenges about her size and her health. And I I find that kind of context and background really interesting. And mm-hmm. I feel like it adds dimension to to books. And so it kind of, it bums me out that it would have been really easy for somebody to miss it. I am grateful mm-hmm. that I did not miss it. And now, if you read this book happy listener you will not miss it either but i don't know that kind of and that always bugs me about i don't like how hard is it to scroll through three pages of like copyright and table of contents just start at the cover of the book <laughs> i know it's so strange so strange yeah anyway uh i am reading the fastest way to fall and i am excited to fall for it hooray in a good way not a joke way All right, we will take a break in a second. But before we do, in case you were not with us last time, we at Book Riot are still looking for a full stack web developer. Resumes, if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, are due in about a week. They're due February 28th. You can check the listings at slash careers. Again, that is a full stack web developer. And if you are qualified for the job, you probably know more than I do about what that
0: is. (laughs) So good luck to you. Alright, should we take a little break? Let's. Explode your to-be-read pile with the New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash releases That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing.
2: Oh, man, Jess, we've been talking about it for weeks, and the time has finally almost come.
1: Yes. Yes, it has. And if you're wondering. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We are finally going to have another in Romance Book Club. Cue confetti. Hooray!
2: Hooray! Hooray.
1: And we are reading After Hours on Malegro Street
2: by Angelina M. Lopez. We are recording that in two weeks. So that will be our next episode. So if you have thoughts, if you have feelings, if you have read the book and have questions, feel free
1: to send them our way by March 2nd. I'm excited. I haven't read it yet. I haven't either. And I need to, in part, because we will be discussing it. But also, I get to meet Angelina on March 4th. So, oh. that's really exciting. <laughs> oh, funny. You were meeting her between when we
2: recorded, when the episode goes live.
1: I know. Curse you, timeline.
2: Well, you'll be able to, if we uncover any, like, pressing questions about the um, book as we are recording, you will be able to, you know, have her answer them by the mm-hmm. time the episode goes live. You can, you know, tweet about it or whatever. TikTok it.
1: Oh, absolutely. etc. Et cetera. Oh my gosh, there will be so much TikToking at the Tucson Festival of Books. I'm very excited about that. Woohoo! And now that I say it, I will forget and do none at all.
2: Well, sure. <laughs> I think, I I have faith in you. I believe you'll be TikToking. Uh, are you guys back in person? Have you yes. been back in person?
1: We were last year. That was the okay. first one. And now we are continuing. How exciting. Hooray for you. Hooray for us. So if you are in Tucson or the Southwest area. Check out the Tucson Festival of Books because it's going to be awesome this year. And Angelina M. Lopez is going to be there talking about After Hours on Milago Street. So, yeah. And I think she's got a new book coming out too, doesn't she?
2: Probably. Maybe. I think I maybe I saw that somewhere. Anyway, that's what Google's for. Everyone check it out. Uh, check we it out. will We will know by the next time when we are talking more about Angelina M. Lopez and her works. So get excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, hooray for us, like, this is the first time in, oh gosh, two
1: and a half months, three months, three and a half months, months, that we have good union news. Yes, Uh, we can officially say that the HarperCollins Union has voted to ratify their agreement with HarperCollins, and they're going back to work soon. I think if you're listening to this on Monday, they will have bit. they will have started Yeah, or they'll be close. I think they're going back to 21st. Oh, right. Because Monday is a holiday. Don't go to work, folks. If you're in the car listening to this and you do not actually work on President's Day, turn around and go home. If you do work on President's Day, keep, keep going, I guess. Um,
2: feel free to seal, feel feel sad for yourself for a moment and then continue to your drive to work.
1: But I'll bet the traffic's great. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> that is true. Let us know. Let us know how your traffic was when to romance at bookriot.com on uh, February 20th. Yes. Which is very exciting because we've been talking about this for months, like you said, and um, especially just recently when it turned out that Avon and Harlequin were kind of getting folded into the... Embargo on discussion of HarperCollins books. We talked a lot about how, in addition to wanting to support the workers, we were also very wary of harming authors who are not getting rich off of these titles. So it's been mm-hmm. very complicated, and it is a delight that it is now finally coming to a close. Yes, absolutely. And we have a new romance imprint being launched called Bramble Romance. It is through Tor. I have not, I think actually the, hmm, I think the Kit Rosha books are the ones, the main ones that I have read from Tor, but if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken, Tor tends to be kind of sci-fi, right, Jess?
1: Yeah, Tor is speculative fiction across sci-fi, fantasy, mainly sci-fi and fantasy, um, with a few dips into other places. Um, So it's interesting that in their announcement, they said that they would be focusing not only on sci-fi and fantasy romance, but other subgenres as well. So I'm really interested and curious to see um what comes out of that.
2: Yeah, it will be interesting to see, I think it was Rebecca Weatherspoon pointed out on Twitter that it will be interesting to see how diverse the authors that they signed to the new imprint are. So obviously we'll be keeping an eye on that. But I think if I mean listen, as long as as long as they do this right in a way that is fully representative of a lot of different kinds of people. I have enjoyed, like I said, it's been fairly limited. But then the tour books that I have read, I have enjoyed. So I'm interested to see. It's it's always, for me, It is as somebody who doesn't read a ton of specfic romance, it is always nice to have a place to go. And so mm-hmm. if they are doing romance beyond that, hey, all the merrier.
1: Yeah. And like they they've been putting out some really interesting titles just in the past couple of years that are Specfic Romance. The Alexandra Roland book's book, maybe just one so far, uh, Freya Marska, uh, Foz Meadows, those have all been specifically romance. And I guess they realize that they actually have a pretty sizable audience for it. So... <laughs> Might as well mm-hmm. use that to, to actually publish some really good stuff. And yeah, like like you said, I'm curious to see what the diversity will look like. Because I think all of all of the authors that I just mentioned write queer spec fic. But mm-hmm. they are all white, to my knowledge. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, which is true of Kit Rosha as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Do you have a sense for why... A publisher, like you were saying, if they're already kind of doing this, is the value of creating an imprint, kind of what I was just saying, that it's a clear, like, I know I can go there. Like, um, I know I can go to Karina Adores and get a particular kind of book, right? I know that mm-hmm. I can go to, you know, well, Karina Adores is the only one that's popping to mind right now, but <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is that what it is that, like, you can... Even if you don't know necessarily what you want to read, if you know you want to read, say for example with Tor,
0: mm-hmm. a
2: specfic book, that's where you go. Or if you want to read a queer story with a happy ever after, that is where you go to Karina Doors. Is that what it is? Is that it's easier for people to find, or is it just some weird back publishing thing that I just don't really understand?
1: Um, I think it's that also. Like adding an imprint means that you can use this the space in the scheduling calendar to put the stuff that is romance on like basically another budget sheet. And you can use that space to put other non-romance things on the calendar. So you, you're basically like doubling your space or adding, adding space to your, your publishing calendar. I don't know if they're doing as many with Bramble as they are with their main line, but That's usually what adding an imprint sort of helps with is to have a dedicated space and to move the titles that were in that space that might have a connecting feature to something else, which I'm realizing is why I'm so frustrated about Kimani, even though it's great to see more black people on the covers of Harlequin's other lines. I realized that was like a complete left turn, but talking about it—no, it listen, made we're me talking it through. It. A, yeah, in real time. <laughs> uh, but that's another discussion for another day. The main thing that I'm concerned with about Bramble is we have Berkeley, we have Bloom Books, and we now have Bramble, and yeah. Just, that little B colophon on the side of any book, like Berkeley, literally changed theirs. I think I don't have insider knowledge, but it feels like once Bloom started putting more things in there, like very serif B, Berkeley was like, "We need ours to look different enough,"
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and now we have Bramble and Bloom. Both of which are to me, like flower related, so now I'm just gonna get get them mixed up every time,
2: yeah, I think that's a real concern. I think <laughs> uh, I don't know why they didn't think to consider the people that were gonna be confused by all of the bees. <laughs> it just seems unreasonable. It just seems just, unreasonable, just a little bit, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if like either Bloom or Berkeley have to change their their logos again, <laughs> but the ramble <laughs> one is pretty. It is. It looks like Bramble, which I yeah. know that sounds dumb, but it's true. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, well, we'll stay tuned and see. Also, thank you for that background on um, why p- folks might put a new imprint out there. I That is the kind of back-end publishing knowledge that I assumed was there that I had no idea that this calendar kind of stuff matters. So mm-hmm. thank you, as always, for another Jessica Pride Insight. I, I do what I can. And we're grateful. <laughs> Speaking of grateful, I will say I want to give credit where it's due because I am quite certain that more than once on this podcast, I have trashed the romance coverage that comes out on Valentine's Day. (laughs) And I am certain that this year it was also not without its flaws. But I do think that as focus on and romance has gotten more positive and as as sales have started to, I don't know if it's increased or at least get the kind of uh, acknowledgement that they have deserved for all Mm -hmm. of these
1: years. Not all of the Valentine's Day romance coverage was trash. No, no, it wasn't. And it was nice to see stuff sort of pop up and just see, like, respectful headlines Uh and not a single mention of a 60-year-old man that once had a very nice chest. I don't think he's that old, but come on. (laughs) Uh, He might be. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think you're that far off <laughs> yeah I
2: actually I will link in the show notes to um, a podcast I listened to from NPR called It's Been a Minute which is fantastic and you should listen to it it's Brittany Luce hosts it now mm-hmm. she interviewed Rebecca Weatherspoon which is, it was a fairly short interview but before that she also talked to a variety of readers about what they enjoy about romance and one of the things that she talked both with the readers about and with Rebecca about is whether kind of what they are reading or writing matches what they themselves are thinking about when it comes to romance or looking for in a partner or etc which i think is a thing that people don't think and talk a ton about so like what is it if you are into a particular kind of kink or kind of romance kind of a kink in romance then what is it that makes that appealing to you even if it is not what you would want in your own life and either she or Rebecca, I think she reads a passage from Haven, mm. which is a book that we have talked about for sure on this podcast. And Rebecca is just not only a friend of the podcast, she was a, a guest on the podcast a couple mm-hmm. of, gosh, now probably three or four years ago. A while. Yeah, it's been a minute. But I will link to that in the show notes. It was nice to. And then the second uh, half of that episode is actually about bell hooks. So you really can't go wrong with no. that particular episode. Mm -mm. there was also i think a pretty good cnn article that talked to kat sebastian and um a couple of other authors that we know and love that also talked about inclusion and diversity in romance Mm -hmm. which was again a thing no one was really talking about around valentine's day romance coverage a few years back so like i said if if i'm gonna trash people when it goes bad i feel like i should give some credit when it goes slightly better
1: yeah and i actually got to talk to a couple of people about it for some like pre-Valentine's Day coverage in some of my my own circles. Well, not not all my own circles. I actually got to talk to, to the host of Talk of Iowa. Like, just oh, reached cool. out. And I got to talk to the glorious Robin Bradford, who is a goddess among goddesses, in especially in the library world, um, for ala's call number podcast so you know a lot of people are really like thinking a little bit more about like how can we talk about romance as it is now not as it was then
2: what a shocking idea (laughs) to actually not base ourselves in the days of that 60 year old man yeah well if i can convince jess i will also link to uh some of the interviews that she did in our show notes as well She's shy, so I am not. I don't know for sure that she'll be able to allow it, but... I, I don't know. I don't like it when people hear my voice. <laughs> I have bad news for you. <laughs> Five <laughs> years later, I have something you should know. <laughs> All right. Well, hooray for the baby steps that we have taken in our Valentine's Day romance coverage. Mm-hmm. And when we get back, we will talk, well, more about romance, because that's kind of what we do. <laughs> All right, Jess we got an email about mystery romance. And instead of sort of kicking the can down the road, we decided we would jump on in and do uh, do a little mystery romance.
1: Yeah. And I think for this one, you had sort of a similar problem for me where it was like, how do you define mystery romance? Yes. It's yeah. Like what is, because we've talked in the past about romantic suspense.
2: Mm-hmm. We've, I don't know that we've talked about necessarily, like, thriller romance, because I think that kind of falls in romantic suspense. So Mm -hmm. how do you figure out what is a mystery with romantic elements, what is a mystery romance, and what is a romantic suspense kind of book? Yeah. I am interested, where did you kind of land in terms of drawing some of those lines?
1: Well, like... If we want to start out with the first the first one, mystery with romantic elements. I think of like Sherry Thomas's uh Charlotte Mm -hmm. Holmes series where it's it like it's a series of books centering one character who has a romantic subplot, at least through some of the books. I've only read a couple of them. But the focus is very much the mystery and the romance is kinda a bonus. Mm -hmm. and then you have romantic suspense which has the romance at its center but there's also danger yeah and then somewhere in the middle you have this romance that has to be at the center of the story but the people are also solving a mystery they're looking for the answer to a question, which I think doesn't always happen in romantic suspense. Like, a lot of times, you kind of know why someone is being sought after and why why someone is dead. Why this person has to be on the run. Why this person is, like, being threatened. Anything like that. You sort of know all of that up front. Whereas in a mystery, it seems like you still have the mystery part. Like, mm-hmm. someone is dead. We have to figure out who did it. But either the people solving the crime or other people involved still have to fall in love front and center. So (laughs) there's, it's like, where is that? Where is the line? I don't know. There are some that are very obviously a certain kind, and there are some that not really sure. Yeah, And I
2: think that for me, I think that thing that you landed on where it's, They are trying to actually actively solve the mystery is where I kind of leaned when I was trying to kind of separate some of these out, right? Like I think of that, gosh, the Julie James series from probably 10 or 15 years ago now that starts with Someone Like You, Mm. where that's really more romantic suspense because even though they're trying to figure out who committed a murder, it's really more of like a they know the murder happened. They know it was a bad guy and – they're mostly just trying to like stay alive long mm-hmm. enough to kind of, you know, so I th- I, to me, I, w- I actually considered that one for this. Um, And it's definitely worth checking out. I like that book a lot. Someone Like You by Julie James. But I think in the books that I was looking at, like you were saying, they're taking kind of a more active role. I think my my favorite version of this is one where you could potentially kind of figure it out as a reader Like you have enough of the information and enough of the clues to put together sort of what has happened here.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I think that's very, very rare. It's kind of more of like that Mary Higgins Clark style where those aren't really, (laughs) in most cases, romantic mysteries. Because oftentimes the person who the main character is involved with is the person who committed the crime. (laughs) Uh, There was a bit of a pattern in, uh, God bless her, Mary Higgins Clark's books.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Don't get me wrong, I still read like 50 of them. But I feel like with these, yeah, the the mystery ones, again, even if you don't have all of the information, there is something about the way it kind of clicks together at the end where you can say like, oh, yeah, okay, yep, I get that. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. I see how all that falls into place. And I I think, too, it's hard to find something that has both that and, as you were saying, like both the romance, both that and the romance front and center, Mm -hmm. which is... I'm not a hundred percent sure with a couple of the books that I'm going to talk about that some romance readers will find that the romance is central enough to kind of meet that particular aspect of romance definition. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're books I like, so I'm going to talk about them anyway.
1: <laughs> I love it.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to start by
1: talking about some that you like, or you want me to start? I can start. <laughs> Perfect. I want to talk about one book. And the overarching series that it's part of, and that is the Hidden Moon by Jeannie Lin, which is actually the third full-length book in her Peking Lee series, and it's technically the second book in this romantic arc. But the the first one is sort of an in-between novella, and you don't have to have read it mm-hmm. uh, to read this one. It's, it's pretty insular on its own, but that might give you a little bit more context to the relationship between the two main characters. So, like I said, this is the third book in the series, and unlike your general mystery series, it's not, it's more like a romance series in that it centers different characters. Um, so the first book, has a couple and the second book has a couple etc etc like like your usual romance series but they're all mysteries set in the same universe that various people who know or and or are related to each other have to solve it's set in historic china which is really cool because we we've talked about Jin Lin before we actually uh read one of her books for our book club, so if you were around then you know that she really likes to sort of build out her historic universes, and this one is no different so in this one, Weiwei, who is the younger sister of a mag- not a magistrate, he's like an imperial bureaucrat of some kind who who was the central character in one of the earlier books in the series has to help her brother sort of figure out what is happening with the death of someone very high up in the imperial structure and she seeks the help of a sort of criminal criminal mas not mastermind he's he's more like part of the organized crime group in in the city and they have already in that short novella they met each other and he had to help her out of a bit of a jam and also got her in a bit of a different jam so sure. but <laughs> but uh, there was obviously sort of a connection there but she's a lady and he is of the back alleys and so even though they can work together with her brother's knowledge and blessing to f- help figure out what's happening with this crime they should not be together because they are of different Worlds and classes, and all of that, but this is a romance novel, so so of
2: course, yeah. yeah, those those books are delightful. I don't think I don't know that I've read all of them, but the ones that I have read I have enjoyed very much. <laughs> and I am going to the first one I'm going to talk about is Dal A for Aunties by Jesse Q sutanto which is a book you may have seen. It was you would recognize the cover. It's like this beautiful cover where there is the main character, Medi on the front, and behind her is her mother and her three aunts. And it is sort of like this romantic mystery comedy. (laughs) This is one of the ones where I think some people might feel like the romance is not central enough. Because um, the book's primary plot, I would say, is probably Maddie and her mom and aunts trying to figure out how to deal with the fact that the night before... They work in the wedding planning industry. They all have their own kind of jobs. Maddie's a photographer. Somebody does makeup. Somebody does... The cooking and baking and all of that. And um, the night before the this big, huge, high-profile wedding that they're thinking is going to be it's a huge boon for their business, Metty accidentally murders uh, this guy who she is on a date with. Her mom <laughs> kind of, like, catfished this guy on her behalf to set her up. <laughs> it's a little, a little intense. And honestly, to be fair... The accidental murder happens because this guy was going to attempt to assault her. And so you don't really feel that bad for Mm. the deceased. But they have to figure out as soon as she accidentally kills the guy, instead of going to the police, she goes to her mother who calls her aunts. And they all kind of make this plan for like what they're going to do about it. It does not go according to plan. And at this big, giant, fancy wedding the next day... Maddy finds out that the person who is running the hotel where the wedding is taking place is the love of her life, the ex-boyfriend that she left behind several years ago, which is, you know, very charming. And then also there's this whole other mystery that you find out is happening and kind of it all turns out to be tied together in a way that I found very satisfying. It's mm. kind of one of those ones where you don't necessarily have enough information to kind of like solve it for yourself But as the twists and turns happen, you also don't feel like things are coming completely out of nowhere, right? Like it all kind of comes together and it's just like a very fun, very quick read kind of a book. And I talked about it on all the backlist a few weeks ago, and it is the kind of book that will make you feel very comfortable rooting for people who have actually committed a crime. So (laughs) you're like, "Eh, that's fine. Things even out. You know, it works out. Yeah. So I found it to be a very satisfying mystery, and I also enjoyed the romance of it. I also thought that the family relationships, which I've talked before about being um, sort of those secondary relationships, I really enjoy in a romance as well. And so they, all of the aunts and mo- like all of the sisters in that generation are very distinct from one another. And uh, this is another book where you should look for the forward because the ebook gods will not necessarily start you out in the right place. So scroll mm. back.
1: But yeah, that's Dial A for Anties by Jesse Q. Sutanto. Awesome. Yeah, I I keep, I keep regularly see that book and think, am I ready? <laughs> it's a great plain book. Mm. Like, so if
2: you are on a, like, if, or travel book, like it's a book that it will keep your attention and it will move really quickly. So I think I basically read it in an afternoon, just sort of sitting on my couch, <laughs> but you could easily read it. On a plane or on a beach or in a snow cabin or whatever people do in the winter, you know, Um, or in maybe audiobook as you are going for a walk or a drive. I don't know. Mm. To each their own.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of great plane books, I am pretty certain that I read this book on a plane. It was a while ago, but it sticks with me just because it has such a fun setup and that is Proper English by K.J. Charles. She has a few books that probably qualify as this sort of mystery romance mashup. Um, so if you read this one and like it, you can probably find more books that are kind of mystery-like, some of which are probably a little more mystery than others. Like, I think her Lily White Boys series is kind of mystery related, although it might be Romantic Spence. I haven't read it. Mm -hmm. But this one is an Edwardian sapphic romance in which a young woman attends a shooting party in a remote country house because she is a pretty good shot with some friends and friends of family and meets a friend's fiancée and they're all... They are very much into each other. But first, they have to figure out, was it Mrs. Plum in the library <laughs> with the hammer? Basically, what I'm saying sure. is it's it's a house party murder mystery. <laughs> so nice. if you like things like Clue, you might find this a little too easy to solve. But um, you will also enjoy both the murder mystery and the romance element of the story. It's got K.J. Charles's, you know, crack, crack writing. That's probably not the right word to use, but it's the best one I could think of. Yeah. Um. We all know what you mean. Um and it's just it it seems like I thought it was a novella because I remember reading it very quickly but it's actually well over 200 pages so you'll get plenty story build out and then you can go read the other books that it is sort of connected to so it's it's got a very sweet romance between these two women you want to shake them a little bit but Sure. Thus thus is historic sapphic romance, I mean. Yeah. But it's also got, like, really fun supporting characters. So Proper English by K.J. Charles is a good place to go when looking for mystery romance.
2: I think Helen K. Diamond is also a good... Yeah, K.J. Charles in general is a great author for that. Helen K. Diamond is one who... Writes a lot of romantic suspense, but occasionally her books, I think, veer a little bit into that mystery realm as well, particularly her Whitaker Island duology. And I think the first one in particular, her other secret, is this kind of book that we've been talking about where someone is in danger, people are in danger. It's a little bit questionable of like, who maybe killed which person and etc. But there is... It's more than just like, oh, this was a crime of revenge or a crime of... Money. Like, there's layers to it that sort of unfurl themselves. Do layers unfurl? Let's say they do.
1: Let's say they do, yeah. Yeah, why not?
2: As things go along, right? So you find out, like, okay, this person is dead. Then you find out, okay, this person actually has a secret history with this other person. And then you figure out that maybe a third person also actually has a secret history with them as well. And then, you know, like, it's just kind of that it is, like I said, there is... Some folks might kind of put this more in the romantic suspense category, but because of all of the unfurling, uh, I felt like it was it fit more into mystery. And so I also really like these books because they take place on this fictional island called Whitaker Island that sits in Washington State, very close to where I currently live. Mm -hmm. And boy, oh boy, I cannot say this for sure, but I really feel like Washington State has a monopoly on the murder mysteries because so many so many uh like random murder mystery suspense books etc because it's so dark and rainy here (laughs) people just like you know we just we also to be fair the state does have a history of serial killers so you know Uh. the apples and the serial killers that's our thing So I think it's it's always kind of like when it's a dark and stormy night, literally in the book, and nobody can get to them because it's so stormy and it's an island. And so I really liked both of these books. But if you're looking for one that's a little more mysterious, I would take a look at her other secret by Helen Kate Diamond. And I speaking of like people and places that are constantly running into murder mystery, this is a little bit of an aside. But if you are not watching Poker Face on (laughs) Peacock and you are a fan of mysteries, you absolutely should be. It is fantastic. I have made the argument more than once that Peacock is low-key the best streaming service out there. <laughs> I think you can get an entire year for like $30. So go forth, order Peacock, watch Poker Face, watch, you know, all of the other amazing things on Peacock. I'm not getting paid to say this. I just, I'm a fan. Nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've been watching Poker Face, Jess, but I recommend it.
1: I haven't. I've been seeing the ads during my uh, very delayed watch of Rutherford Falls, but oh, I have Rutherford not- Falls. I have not yet watched Poker Face, so that'll that'll go on my list for after I'm done with my current cycle of ships.
2: <laughs> also, many of the uh, Fast and Furious movies also on Peacock. Just saying.
1: Also good. Also good. All right, what else you got? All right, well, one author I've been thinking about, all of her books have some sort of mysterious element to them. They might not actually count as a mystery, but if you want, like... A question to be answered, a problem to be solved, some mysterious element to reveal itself, pick up a Cat Sebastian book. Oh, and nice. um, I will say she does have a mod- modern, I call it modern because it's not Regency, but she has a 20th century series that I think is almost all mystery or mystery adjacent, starting with Hither Page which was the Christmas book she released in July. Um, I remember being excited when it came out because it was like, more Cat Sebastian! And it is, it's it's the first one that she wrote that wasn't a Regency romance. And this takes place in the late 1940s. So post-war uh, would be the time period And there has been a murder in a small England town and a gentleman spy, I guess you would call him, Mm -hmm. uh, is uh, sent to this town to figure out what actually happened, not what. Okay, so he's sent to figure out what actually happened, but also to kind of cover up what actually happened and he he works for you know some not quite so above board people because he is a spy. Uh, so who who really sure. is above board when you have spies? And there is also a um, country doctor who lives in the town and wants to know. So they're kind of they're kind of going at odds with each other because the country doctor just wants to figure out what happened. And the spy is doing everything he can to keep the country doctor from finding out what happens. But they also have this amazing chemistry. So Uh, as happens, (laughs) there's just all kinds of stuff happening in this cute little town. And, uh, you know, it has a, and I guess you would call it an unconventional ending because a it's a Cat Sebastian book and she doesn't really write conventional endings and B it's a 1940s gay romance so you can't really have a conventional hea in that situation but if you this is a very much a mystery almost mystery first romance second but not so much of a side thing as it would be in a mystery with romantic elements but a lot of her books are romances with a little bit of a question that needs to be answered. Um, sometimes that's who is blackmailing my sister. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes that is who is blackmailing my husband. <laughs> um, sure. I was I've just been reading The Perfect Crimes of Marion Hayes. Oh, uh, yeah. So that series is all kinds of crime and mystery. So yeah, there's always some some fun element that lives between mystery and suspense in her books, but always romance first.
2: All right, I will just toss out one more title as one to kind of consider. I can't necessarily recommend it because I'm only about halfway through, but that's "Murders Up The Murder at Pirate's Cove by Josh Lanyon. I wanted to pick this book up and at least kind of check it out for this conversation because Josh Lanyon has a history of, this kind of being her genre
0: mm-hmm.
2: as a caveat, Josh Lanyon is a woman who has been writing under what is presumably a male name, writing male male fiction, particularly romance for gosh, well over a decade now mm-hmm. and was not always real straightforward about it. So if that is a turn off to you, I completely understand it's has been, a, it's a little bit of a shady thing to do, but again, because her genre sort of fit so closely into this. I did want to take a look at this one. And I think that this book, while I'm enjoying it very much, it's a very quick read. I think like you were saying, Jess, does tend to be mystery first, romance second. Okay. Like I'm halfway into this book and you can tell who the other possible kind of, who the, who the possible love interest is, but it's very much about um, this guy, Ellery Page, who has inherited at Pirate's Cove, has inherited his great, 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 great aunt's bookstore when she passed away. And then there's a murder in the bookstore. And he has some feelings uh, towards the police chief who is investigating the murder. But at this point, they are still very much enemies and nowhere near two lovers. So (laughs) I do think this book has been classified as romance. So even though there's not on-page sex... I believe it's going to end with at least an HFN. But again, that's because I'm not 100% sure, not 100% through it. I wanted to mention the title because I think it could be a really good fit. But I cannot for sure tell you which category, mystery versus romance, it falls into and to what extent. But yeah, so that's Murder at Pirate's Cove. Take my limited information and do with it what you will. That That's all good to know. I might uh, add that to my list. Well, I'll let you know when I'm through the other half. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> okay. All right. I think, was there anything else that we should be telling people? I, I got my plug for Poker Face in. Is there anything else we should be telling people about mysteries or romance or mystery romance?
1: There are a lot of romance novels that might have a minor element of mystery to them. There are a lot of them in my mystery tag on Goodreads that mostly have like there is a question that needs to be answered and we're going to figure it out by the end of the book but it isn't specifically a mystery novel so you're going to, like you can find a lot of romance with mystery elements <laughs> if if mm-hmm. we can if let's start a new genre as opposed to mystery with romantic elements and you know there are authors um, especially in historical romance who yeah. really like to write like not quite spies or uh, people who work for the home office or just like, I need to figure out who murdered my parents, that kind of thing. Like even like the the Diana Quincy book that I talked about a couple months ago with the, the bone setter has a bit of a mystery that needs to be solved. So they're about but it just depends on how much mystery you want with your romance.
2: Yeah. And I mentioned the Amanda Collins series last week. I think that is one of the best current examples of doing this. But yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, do you want to start a scandal by Tessa Dare is one that I was mentioning to you before the show is that same kind of clue style mystery. And yeah, like, well, maybe, maybe we'll link to Jess's Goodreads uh, mystery (laughs) tag and then folks can find it. Jess's interviews and her mystery tag. (laughs) Look for them in the show notes. I can't guarantee there's much use in the mystery tag, but we'll see. It's a place to start. It's a place to start. And huge thanks to Meg again for sending the question. Hopefully you found something you liked. Hopefully all of you find something that you like. Always let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think of that. Let us know what you think of our book club book, which we're so excited about. As always, you can email us at, at com. Again, let us know how your traffic was on February 20th. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. Jess is all over the social medias.
1: Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word. On Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. Um, I am semi regularly posting on TikTok at Jess underscore is reading. And I just joined Spoutable last week, but I have literally one post. Um, so that's Jess's Reading if you're over there. We'll see if we stick to this one any longer than I stuck to the, any of the other ones. i mean look at you
2: i feel i feel so insufficient i gotta pick up at least a second one if you're gonna be on four (laughs) we'll figure it out as always a huge huge thanks to our wonderful wonderful audio editor jen Zink. please do rate and review the podcast it helps other folks find it and we're always interested in your feedback anything else we got for this week jess
1: nope That's it. I hope you found something to love in our recommendations and until next time, happy reading.